Let me uh, remind you men that there is a breakfast for us on this Saturday, and uh, it has to do with the subject of racial reconciliation. Uh, our guest will be a, an African-American brother that we've grown to love around here, and hope you can be with us for that. Got good news and bad news. Um, the bad news is that I'm going to use tonight to give you some kind of report of where I've been um, in the last uh, month uh, or so. The good news is uh, I'm only going to do it one week. Uh, and we'll go back to uh, the book of Romans next week and uh, keep proceeding through Romans 7. But tonight uh, it, it seemed fitting and appropriate to at least give you some idea as to um, what, what was experienced by at least Susie and me and in large measure by Brent and Becky. Um, uh, they were with us for nine days. Um, let, let me say first that um, I, I, I wonder if you wonder whether this, what this is all about. What, what, what is Jimmy up to and what is he doing? And, and I hope to explain some of that tonight. But let me tell you this. Um, that, that time there is so blasted stimulating for me. Um, it, it causes a very deep examination of, of myself, uh, my motives, my ministry. Um, there's a great deal of introspection that goes on. Uh, what are we doing at Gracie Van? Why? Um, how good are the results that we're producing? Are there any real results that we're producing? Uh, why did I come? <clears throat> I remember landing at the Budapest airport and thinking, you know, about 11 months ago, I couldn't wait to get out of here. And now I'm coming back. Uh, why did I come? What, what, what is this all about? So um, I'm not sure. I think Susie is more in uh, the endurance mode. She just kind of digs her nails into the side of the wall and hangs on for the 28 days. I, on the other hand, am really um, sorting things out, trying to, um, and, and uh, we have some rich discussions while there um, concerning what, what, what it is that we're seeing and experiencing and evalu- you know, and, and getting to know, et cetera. So I, I'm going to share at least a little of that with you tonight. Um, I, I read my, my journal this morning. Um, it really is good. I, 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 you know, I journaled for the month that I'm away and uh, did it the last time for the three months. It was, it was fun to read it um, and, and be reminded of some things and some of those things I've incorporated here. I, I've organized my thoughts under three main headings. The, heading, the first heading is difference makers. The second heading has to do with churches. And then the third heading, if we've got time for it, I'll just give you a couple of personal um, things that went on and, and you might find amusing or you might find. And then I'm gonna, I want to close with um, uh, what I hope to accomplish as a result of being uh, away for that month. Let me tell you about the, the difference makers. Um, now, guys, you've got to keep straight in your minds. There's more than one country we're talking about here. Um, we visit, you know, more than just Hungary while we're in Hungary. Uh, so you've got the Czech Republic, you've got Ukraine, uh, you've got um, uh, those things. That at least those are the three I want to mention to you tonight. Um, the, the countries are vastly different, as you might well expect. Um, all of them have the marks of communism all over them. 
And communism was cruel in a lot of ways, ladies and gentlemen, not just in terms of, uh, you know, restrictions here and there. I mean, it, it's, it has left an indelible mark on that uh, section of the country. And these people, um, for instance, just as an example, you, you get all these, well, you find some places that are seeing some professions of faith in Christ. And after they're going back to find out about these professions of faith, they're discovering that because they were, they were reared in communism and told that there was no God and that uh, their religion was anathema, etc., etc., that what they are doing, in, as opposed to making professions of faith, what they're doing is, oh, this is contra to what we had in communism? Okay, I'll be that. It's not that they've understood the gospel. But they've hated communism so, so much that if this thing is the, the antithesis of communism, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Because it's a statement um, in, in, in revolt to the, the communism that they've been raised under. So um, having said that, there's just all kinds of marks that, that are saddening about communism. And, and um, uh, I, I can tell you they're glad it's gone. Now, there's the, the older crowd is suffering the most, but um, in the main, uh, communism was a cruel, um, I guess you would call it uh, political stance. I don't know how you, what you'd call it, but it was, it's, uh, it's an ugly thing. Okay, um, let me tell you about the Czech Republic, um, because that's uh, a place that I've really grown to love. Czech Republic, of course, is uh, somewhat one half of the, uh, the what used to be Czechoslovakia. Uh, Czechoslovakia is broken up into two countries, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Slovakia has the capital of Bratislava, and um, the Czech Republic, is uh, the capital is in Prague. And you've heard of that, of course, but um, Prague is a beautiful city. It's um, it's a it's a very winsome place in a, in a lot of ways. There's a, there's a lot to see and enjoy in Prague. One of the, my assignments over there, as you might recall, was a seminary. I really didn't know what I was talking about when I told you it was a seminary. Uh, there is a seminary in Prague. Uh, it is uh, it is the seminary run by the Brethren Church. Um, but the Brethren Church, I mean, they have a seminary. They have a building. We went to the building, etc. But the, the thing that I was looking at, and I didn't understand this when I went, was um, there is a guy who has been asked to run the extension part of the seminary. So in one sense, he's attached to the seminary, but in another sense, he, he does his own thing. Um, education by extension. He's training pastors who are out in the field. That's the, so the, the, the guys that come to the campus there at the seminary in Prague, I thought that's what I was going to do. That's not what I was going to do. It was meet this guy by the name of Marshall Brown. Marshall Brown played football at Oregon State, um, left uh, Oregon State, went directly to work for Camp's Crusade for Christ, and worked behind the Iron Curtain as a diplomat in Moscow. That is, um, uh, he was really an, an undercover agent. He was working behind the Iron uh, Curtain, working for, he was on the staff of Camp's Crusade, but the job that got him into the country was uh, a diplomat. In fact, he, he said he swept floors in, in the U.S. Embassy uh, in Moscow. And he would do work that was, uh, you know, uh, forbidden there behind the Iron Curtain. But anyway, that's how he got his start. In the providence of God, uh, this group in the Czech Republic asked him to come teach some stuff. And he was introduced to a group in the Czech Republic. He ultimately moved to the Czech Republic. 
And he now speaks, he's been there, I, I, I forget, 11 years, I think, in the Czech Republic, and um, speaks fluent Czech. By the way, this is Czech. Um, uh, one of the universities I spoke at, we, we got a, quite a charge out of this. Um, this was the poster that was around the, the building. And um, there's a picture. You've got to see this picture. The thing that was so funny is we were thinking, my name is right under it. You know, there's the picture and there's my name. And we're thinking the people who are coming thinking this guy's going to be there. Well, this guy's kind of cute. Um, and he's young and he's kind of spooky. But I wondered if this was the guy they were coming to. Anyway, um, this means the holiness of God. Boo is God. Um, anyway, that's what I was going to speak on. That's what I was saying. But anyway, that's in, that was in the Czech Republic. I was in Brno, Czech Republic. But anyway, um, one of the things that I was going to do is go team up or meet with this guy, um, Marshall Brown. We got to Prague on a Thursday night. On Friday morning, I called him. And on Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning, I think we hooked up with Marshall Brown. We walked around a bit. We sat and had coffee in this place. He speaks, of course, all this wonderful Czech. It's wonderful to be with people who speak the language. I mean, you know, then you can order something that you know, and you know, oh, that's what that is. Okay, well, give me one of those. And, of course, then he knows what things to order. And, and uh, we sat at this little place called the Black Elephant. And um, right there in downtown Prague, right off the square, um, and just chatted for hours. And um, then we ended up uh, leaving that, going to get some ice cream. Then, uh, then we took the subway out to get his car, went to another seminary. Then we ended up in his house. Uh, they cooked pizza for us. And we spent about 11 hours, nine hours, 10 hours, whatever, with Marshall Brown and his wife. Susie and I were absolutely exhausted. We had never spent that much time with uh, strangers before. Um, somebody, you know, 11 hours. Poor God, 11 hours with me. Um, and he never knew me. Well, anyway. Um, Marshall Brown. Let me back up just one quick sec. Um, years ago, after my first trip to the Ukraine, I came back all confused, and I met with a friend of mine, actually, Ronnie Stevens. Um, and uh, I was trying to get Ronnie to help me sort some of this out. And Ronnie gave me some advice about probably seven or eight years ago, and he said this. He said, find yourself some missionary stars and jump on their wagon. And, um, you know, that made a lot of sense to me. You know, find what you can, the cream of the crop, and then throw your support behind them. Well, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Marshall Brown is a star. He was so danged impressive. Uh, he's about 40 years old. Um, a handsome guy, cute wife, sweet family. Um, and we... we we kind of um, uh, interact, um, interfaced, I guess, almost immediately. There was a rapport. For instance, he got all excited. We were walking down the streets of Prague, and he's got, he gets all excited about having his seminary students into his home and, and living with them because having them in their home uh, is, is the way that the truth is really incarnated in them. And so Susan and I said, well... Let's talk about this thing that we do in our home, that we have all these people in our home. It's not that, you know, they don't spend the night there for a week. Uh, none of you are invited to spend your, uh, a week in my home. I, I mean, it's been the night. But, but the, the point is, the, the idea that he wanted to um, live with the, and, 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 and um, allow these people to share his life was so impressive. The, the, um, the, one of the interesting things is that his, his, what he's doing with pastors that are already in churches in the Czech Republic 
has become so popular that the people, the, the, uh, the, the, the candidates don't want to go to the main seminary because they like what's happening with Marshall Brown. Marshall Brown has his own curriculum, took me up to, up to his office. And this, of course, was my, my real thrill, or one of my big thrills, is um, Marshall Brown discovered the Reformed faith, I don't know when it was, but uh, on his own. He is, uh, if you know anything about Reformed theology, uh, Marshall Brown, I mean, I didn't know this guy from Adam, and before we're uh, finished with the day, I discovered that he's in my same theological camp, uh, his whole philosophy ministry is the same, and he's far brighter far more articulate than I, than I ever dreamed about being, and he, is, he has given himself to the Czech Republic. Well, he takes me up to his office, and there sits 16 volumes of John Owen. Now, I know John Owen doesn't mean anything much to you. In fact, I don't know anybody else. I don't know another pastor that has all 16 volumes of John Owen. I'm the other one. Um, John Owen was the theologian of the Puritans. There he's got 16 volumes of John Owen, and he tells me that he is working on his doctoral dissertation at London Bible College, and he is, his, his dissertation is going to be on the Trinitarian theology of John Owen. I thought, holy moly. I have worked through three volumes of those 16 volumes, volume 3, volume 6, and volume 10. Um, they, are, they are onerous to work through. I mean, it's... Um, the seventh subpoint of the sixth division of the fourth. He just goes on and on and on. He's, he's a brilliant theologian. But to, to, to find that this guy was such a lover of, of orthodoxy, as I understand it, and then to see him have such a thrill to train pastors was, is pretty much overcoming for us. We sat at his dinner table, and we were just carried away by Marshall and Catherine Brown. Um, Brent, of course, Brent and Becky meet us in Prague on a Sunday night. Uh, no, on a Sunday night? Yes, that's right, on a Sunday night. The next night, on a Monday night, uh, the six of us have supper at this place that I just would love to take you all called Nebo Zizek. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not that expensive. It's like $9 for a meal, um, but it sets up on a mountain overlooking Prague, and it's just beautiful, and we called to get reservations. They said, sorry, we're full. We can't come in. And we walked up there anyway, and they let us in. And we, anyway, but uh, Brent and Becky um, uh, fell in love with Marshall and, Be- uh, and Catherine Brown as well. Um, i, I, I got to save a little bit, but um, I, 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 let me just skip around just for a second. I'll, I'll try to tie this together for you in a second. The other thing in the Czech Republic that, that I, we got very involved with was a thing called KVZ. Uh, that's the English representation. What those letters stand for in Czech is Christian Education and Life. This is a, 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 a group um, that were all Camps Crusaders that left Camps Crusade years ago really in a kind of a disagreement because Camps Crusade recognized that what they were doing in Brno, B-R-N-O, Brno is the second largest city in the Czech Republic, a city of about 300,000. Um, what they saw happening in Brno, they loved... But their philosophy was that you had to do it in the capital city, which is Prague. So they asked them to move their ministry from Brno to Prague. And this Joseph Pavlovnik, Pavlonok, I don't know how to say it. Um, but Joseph decided, no, we're not going to move away from what the Lord is doing in Brno. Um, and so they left Camps Crusade in kind of a little tiff. Well, 
it is remarkable. Uh, and I spoke on two university campuses as a representative of KBZ. That's KBZ that puts this thing on. This was the one in Brno. Uh, it was done in a, um, in, a, in a room. It was probably similar to this size, maybe. Um, it was in a library at a university campus. There, you know, they don't have campuses like the University of Tennessee, where they, you know, they've got a, they've got the, the universities are in the city, and it's over there, 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 and it's over there. And there's two buildings over there, and it's over there, and it's over there, and it's over there. So you go to one building um, that is a university building, but you don't, you're not surrounded by other university buildings. You're surrounded by grocery stores or something. Anyway, it was a university building, a library, this big room, and I uh, sat in. This is when I talked on the holiness of God. That's what they asked me to. Talk talk about. And then um, um, uh, afterwards, it, uh, by the way, I don't do real well with translators. Um, I think a lot of what I bring is more heat than light. And, you know, it's hard to get the heat to the translator, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I, I stepped to the microphone and um, I said something like, um, um, it's so good to be with you people from da 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 da. And it, they was like, and, and they started running and changing the microphones. And, 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 and I said, I, you know, I guess I've scared the daylights out of these people. And, and all I said was, I'm glad to be here, you know. But anyway, uh, broke, um, met with these folks. Um, it was probably 75 university students in that room. Um, and they did a little skit. They do their little music. And, and Jimmy's on. And then it broke up, and, and uh, several of them got it. There's some pictures of that, and I think that you saw in there uh, me talking to some uh, students at this meeting. The next night, they took us to another university in a city called Haraditz Kralova, um, which is the term that means the castle of the queen, or the queen's castle. If you've ever pictured in your mind a European city, somewhat Bavarian-looking, um, this is it. It was an enchanting place. Um, you could walk through it. I mean, it was a small city. But um, the downtown area, different colored buildings, and it, it was just really a fun-looking place. And had a had a big uh, church building that was built in 1574 or something like that. You know, just you can't imagine 1574, you know, Columbus just got here. Um, but, but anyway, um, just a beautiful city. And I spoke at another uh, in fact, I got that one, this thing there, for that university. Anyway, but this was in a small room. Um, oh, gosh, um, eighth of this size. I mean, it was a, it was a large bedroom kind of thing. I mean, but it was been cleaned out. I mean, it, had been, it was just a large room, and I was asked to speak on a particular subject there, but it was a smaller room. There was about 40 students in there. And um, I sat on a little stool that they gave me, and everybody else sat on the floor, and they had refreshments out in the middle of the floor, and they all were around the room, and I got through speaking, and right underneath me is this young woman who takes out the four spiritual laws in check and begins to share Christ right underneath me. She's sharing the Lord with this guy, with this girl that she, that she had brought to this meeting. The rest of us are out there eating the, you know, the goodies, and just and there's this girl earnestly sharing Christ. And I'm telling you, that was it just swept us away. And you know, yeah, yeah, that's what we want to see. And it just erupted. I mean, it was only one, two somehow. I'm not saying there weren't but 45 kids in the whole room. But, I mean, to, to see them 
uh, just taking that little booklet and going through it. And this little girl is, I mean, the, the little visitor is just earnestly listening. Big buds going on around her. But I'm telling you, to watch her share her faith was just, it was just delightful. Now, now let, let me try to, here's my point. We were told that the Czech Republic uh, is one of the most atheistic countries in the world. I did not know that. And I can't prove that, but we were told that. Um, here's my point. What a strategy to get behind. You've got a man, and he's got a staff of, gosh, it seems like there were 10 on that KBZ staff, that are, that are aiming at the university campus students. And you've got a man who is working with the pastors who are going to pastor the churches that these kids are going to come into. It just seemed like such a wonderful thing to get behind. To think they're going to reach the students and this God's going to reach the pastors where these students can find churches to go to. It just seemed like a... And by the way, Marshall and this Joseph Pavlovnik are good buddies and they're working hand in hand trying to pull this thing off. It just... With a very little investment, you can really make a difference in Czech Republic. Um, by the way, this Joseph Pavlovnik or Pavlonok or however you say his name is going to be here... Uh, the first Sunday in May, and he'll be speaking at Jimmy Umlov's Sunday School class. He is—he—he's not going to knock you down. He's not—he's not, he's not um, suave and debonair like myself. Um, but he is—he's really got something going. And it was—it was. We spent Brent and I spent all morning hearing about all they did. Let me just say this. Oh gosh. Um, uh, when they left Camp's Crusade, of course, they cut off all the support. They had no means of support. And, and so they had to figure out how to, uh, ways to uh, um, support this ministry. And so they found out that they could go to Norway and work on a farm. And the pay for one of them would, the pay for one, of them for one month would support three of them for four months. And so, and they had pictures of this thing. They, they were chopping wood. They were driving tractors. But they were earning enough money to keep this ministry afloat back in Brno, Czech Republic. Guys, when communism had charge of the place, what they would have to do, they would have conferences, and they would have conferences out in the woods. And they couldn't leave Brno and go straight to the conference site. They would have to go through Germany. And they would have to gather one by one um, in the woods to have their, their Bible conferences because communism wouldn't allow it. So that's how they snuck around. It just, and in fact, I told him, I said, I want you to bring some of those slides and I want you to show our people those slides. Are you in the woods and driving that tractor and chopping that wood? I want you to see what, this, what these folks did to, to, to get this ministry of, uh, going. It was, it was delightful. So those are, those are some difference makers. Um, um, gosh, I, secondly, Hungary. There's a guy that uh, some of you have heard about. I mentioned his name. His name is Gabor Gretz. He was, um, he, was, he, was, he, he was one to Christ on the university campus by Camps Crusade. He's a Hungarian, speaks, of course, perfect Hungarian and very good English. Um, he has put together some materials that are being used in ten other places in the world. It's called uh, Youth at the Threshold of Life. And what they're doing is taking advantage of these new governments concerned about AIDS and about uh, sex education and some other things. And what they're doing is the government is, is using um, YTL to teach educators how to teach their students. The government is paying for it, and the deal is we'll teach your teachers, but we get to present the gospel. 
Now, it's a, it's a two-day-long seminar, and they basically have about 20 minutes to share the gospel in the two-day seminar. But they share the gospel. I heard it. I mean, I sat right there. And see, I mean, it was, it was the gospel that you know. It's the gospel that you love. And here's this little Gabor, who doesn't have a huge role to play in the seminar, which really concerned me. But Gabor shared the gospel, of course, in Hungarian, to 800 educators, and the government's paying for it. Um, Susie and I had supper in their home, his wife's name is Dina, and, we, and I would ask you to pray for Adina. Dina's got a bad back, and she is just in a mess. But Adina cooked supper for us out at their home, and I'm telling you, precious people. I, I'm just a quick vignette. They had three kids. They were, they were wild, but they were not bad. They were, just, they, were, they were excited that the Americans were in their house, you know, and so they were just... Anyway, to have a pastor in his home who pastors an American affluent church back in the States is every little Hungarian's dream. I mean, they want me in their house, you know. Well, at one point in this, we're we're talking about the ministry and all this, what he's doing. He said, Jimmy, I'm going to have to leave you. I've got to go give my child a bath. And I thought, way to go. What he should be doing is trying to, you know, really take me to the, he's trying to get next to me. But it was more important to him that he give his son a bath. And I thought, oh boy, I like, I came with, anyway, we're, we're driving, in fact, we're going to our, our little place where we're staying. And Susie said, you know what? He just might be the best thing in Hungary. He's going to be here in June, and you'll be hearing from Gabor Gretz. The Ukraine. Ladies and gentlemen, Roger, I'm here to tell you that Roger McMurrin is nuttier than a fruitcake. He is, he's just nuts. Um, but I'm telling you, what's going on in Ukraine will take your breath away. Uh, none of these ministries that I've even mentioned to you have the scope and the breadth that what, what, what's going on in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, they've got, they're doing it all. And now, I've got to read you this. If, if y'all don't get this, y'all ought to probably get on their mailing list. This is this um, report, that they, Music Mission Kiev newsletter. I get it, of course, via email. But here's the latest. Let me just read you this. Um, Roger has been pursued by the Ukrainian government for almost a year to be a conductor and artistic director of a musical organization for radio, which hires 280 musicians. He created a business plan which included raising the salaries of the musicians through the work of recognized studio from $40 a month to much more. But because of the anticipated changes in government this coming October in elections, they could not commit to Roger's plan, which requires a long-term commitment to their part, on their part. However, a startling thing has happened in the past two weeks. President Kuchma has changed the status of this radio musical organization to a new national level. This immediately more than doubles the organization's and the musician's salaries. Therefore, now is the appropriate time to invite Roger to step into this new uh, opportunity. Roger will be signing a three-year agreement to be advisor to the largest radio company in Ukraine. It goes into every home in Ukraine by cable and is the former propaganda tool of the Communist Party. How ironic that now an American Christian is being asked to be the special consultant to the president of National Radio and conductor of artistic uh, director of the uh, totaling 280 people. Through this new post, Roger will have the opportunity to relate to and be Christ ambassador to government officials at the highest level from the ministers of culture, information, tourism, media, and onward. Praise God that over the last four years, Roger has trained four conductors who, by taking greater responsibility in the Kiev Symphony Orchestra's course, have freed Roger to expand his musical opportunities to a new love in Ukraine. You know, guys, you've got a, you've got, they're feeding widows, they're feeding orphans, they're doing a Christian uh, uh, children's club, uh, they, they have started a church. The largest church that we attended in our whole month away was in Kiev, Ukraine, which was the product of this ministry. You know, I, I, I don't want to be dramatic with you, ha ha, um, uh, but, you know, I, I'm talking about changing a nation. 
I'm talking about that in Czech Republic. I'm talking about in Ukraine. There are some mission stars, and um, these guys are just, they're just, they're just somebody I want you to meet. I'd love to get Marshall Brown over here. I'm not sure, uh, but that's later on. But flaws. Do they have flaws? Oh, you bet they got flaws. All of them got flaws. Roger's nuts. <laughs> Roger's crazy and tells his wife what dress to wear. To, and I think, oh, what have I ever told my wife what to wear? You know, he's nuts. But I'm telling you, God has led him over there. And God is honoring what he's doing. And it is a privilege to be a part of it. Okay. Uh, I, um, by the way, one of the wonderful features about this Czech Republic thing and Marshall Brown is that Ronnie Stevens is over there. He's kind of our, you know, eyes and ears. It's a wonderful thing to be able to have, you know, what's going on? Are they still on the target? I mean, that's just, a, that's just a real advantage, having Ronnie. Anyway, let me tell you about the church. Um, as I said, the, I, I preached in five, six of them. Um, the largest one I saw was in Kiev. Um, there was, um, there's a lot more church attendance in Ukraine than there is in the Czech Republic. Um, because, the, the, in fact, we went to a place on a Sunday morning that just grieved me. It was on a Sunday morning, and we went, it was, the, the, all these people were coming in there and bowing down to icons, and the place was packed, and all these poor people were throwing their money away on a candle, and, and it was just grievous. And you go to, uh, you go to uh, Prague, you don't see any of that. You don't see anybody going to church. Um, but the, uh, the churches that we saw are very small, um, all of them under 100, and... Um, um, very few of them. In uh, Budapest, which is a city of two and a half million, I could probably mention eight, eight churches. Think about the churches that you could choose from if you come to Memphis. This is a city of two and a half million. In, in, in Prague, um, um, which is a, a city a little bit smaller than that, maybe a million and a half, two million, um, four churches that are something that's worth going to. And there's and 75 people. So... Um, the, the realist, not, I mean, I want to be real. Well, the one that had the most of that, the realist church we saw was Gabor's. And he's not the pastor. The, the pastor is a, uh, has a, is a man who's got two, count them, two PhDs and teaches, uh, he teaches biology. Is it biology? Uh, at, at one of the um, uh, Hungarian universities. His father was jailed seven times by the communists because of his commitment to Christ. This man works a full-time job and pastors this church. And this church uh, met for two hours. I preached there and, you know, I wasn't part of, I mean, I was about 25 minutes of the two hours. The rest of it was, uh, I mean, they broke up into small groups and discussed my sermon. They broke up into small groups and, and, and prayed. And they had announcements about uh, divorce recovery workshops and, and, uh, and the uh, Passion of Christ movie. And, I mean, it was just a church that seemed to be, have a lot to it. I, I preached in a couple that um, were really kind of, um, of a concern. Um, the church, it's just almost non-existent over there. Now, that, that's an overstatement. I mean, you know, you, you, but... Um, I mean, you think of, if you move to Memphis, Tennessee, and you are an evangelical, and you love the Bible, and, and you want to find a church that preaches the gospel, how many choices do you think you got? 150? Um, in, in Prague, you probably have four. And they're, they're all 50 or 80. Now, Marshall is trying to do something about that, and so is, in fact, this, this KBZ thing, I think, is the hope of, of, of the Czech Republic. Because they're, by the way, somebody told me that John Piper on his radio show said that uh, he has made the announcement that he, or has made the statement that he's going to spend the rest of his ministry uh, working with college students. <laughs> because that's the, the hope of the country. 
Anyway, uh, that's what KBZ is doing. All right, but let, me, let me tell you a couple of quick things and then kind of wrap this up. Um, uh, I don't know whether you read the GOLs, but it did indeed happen. Brent and I both got propositioned by prostitutes on the streets of Prague. It was really kind of funny. I mean, it was actually, it was kind of hilarious. Um, it was really hurt my feelings because the prostitutes went to Brent first. Um, <laughs> And, you know, there was two little girls. They both looked uh, Indonesian. And I think they got the, uh, together and, and they said, uh, I get the cute one. You get the fat, ugly one. Um, and so th- th- that was me. And so th- they came to Brent and uh, Brent was, well, sure. What could I do for it? <laughs> and and uh, Susie and Becky were walking. They were about, uh, you know, 15 feet behind us. And, and, and I hope this doesn't. But they, they couldn't speak English. But all they could say is sex pleasure. Sex pleasure. And, I, and, and Brent was saying, yeah, well, what, 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 what. <laughs> and, I, and then the other one came to me and said, sex. I said, Brent, they're prostitutes. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and just really kind of grabbed him. And, you know, we went down the street. Uh, I mean, it was in the broad. I mean, it was lots of people around us. It was just, it was really kind of funny. And, and we really kind of blew it because I told Susie, I wish we'd have done something redemptive. But they didn't speak English. But it was just kind of funny that, that they did uh, hit us. And, and Brent did tell me today that he's planning another trip to Czech Republic. Um, <laughs> that's just a joke. Um, um, I, I have, uh, I can tell you, I, we have really kind of become public transportation uh, gurus. Um, we even rode the bus this time, and uh, it is kind of fun to, to figure out the, 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 the transportation systems. That is, if you don't have luggage. Um, my wife, I don't know that how many clothes she left in Germantown, but it couldn't have been many. Um, and and uh, you saw the little thing about the clampets running through this, you know, here we are dragging this luggage and, and, and um, oh, it was just a mess. You know, you're trying to drag one of these little things and the wheels don't work on this one. And, and you know, uh, it, if there was any friction between me and Susie, it was always when we were trying to find the public uh, to, to, to save a few bucks so that we wouldn't have to take a cab. Um, uh, Susie did get locked in a bathroom on one of the trains. Um, uh, you know, she left to go to the bathroom and she was gone, uh, uh quite some time. And, and, um, uh, this guy comes up to me and he says, I just want you to know, I saw your wife go in there and I got locked in that bathroom. You better go check on her. So sure enough, I go in there and you know, the train's going, I said, Susie, Susie. And she's, I'm in here, I'm in here. So finally the conductor comes by and he uses his little tool and, and gets her out of the bathroom. So she, she did get, um, on the last day on the 28th of March, um, uh, Budapest is a big city, and it has three train stations. And last year when we were there, we went to Vienna out of a certain train, daily, the daily train station. We went to Vienna. We could not get a flight out of Budapest, so we had to get out of Vienna. So we had to take a train to Vienna. Um, and we, uh, we went out of daily last year. So I went and bought tickets and really never stopped to think. Uh, of asking what train station, because they went out of daily last year. So they, they, I preach. It was a wonderful time with this church that I pastored last year. Uh, they take us to the train station. They take us out. Of, Goodbye. I get in there and discover I'm at the wrong train station. And we've got 40 minutes to get across the city to the other uh, train station. And the, uh, the guy who was uh, driving us is not what you would call in a hurry. 
And that took years off my life. And um, we got there in plenty of time. And um, but going to, to the, I will say this: traveling in Europe can be uh, can can be kind of risky. I got to tell you this quick story. You'll love this story. And um, stay with me. You just give me another five. Um, this is this is a, a missionary, a guy who's been on the mission field for 12 years, is sitting in I think they said the Zurich train station. And he's by himself. He's got his luggage, and he's got his legs draped across his luggage so that people won't steal it. I mean, they'll, they'll just take everything. Um, well, he notices that a woman comes and sits behind him, and um, that he thinks she is a prostitute, and he, he smells that she's got some kind of aroma to her. Uh, you know, some... Anyway, 55 minutes later, he wakes up, and they've stolen everything. He has been gassed. Gassed! In the, in the, in the train station. Oh, everything's gone. Everything. And this is a guy who's been over there for 12 years. Knows better. Took his passports, money, luggage, everything was gone. He said, all I know is 55 minutes later, I woke up. And they gassed him in public. Anyway, um, I, I just, it can get pretty dangerous over there. I, I'm telling you, it's, um, they ain't playing. Let, let, me, let me close with this. Um, Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do with my experience, ladies and gentlemen. There's a, two or three things that I want to do. Or two things. First of all, no church uses all of her resources perfectly. Um, let's just say 20% of the monies that we give away to missions. I, 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 just, I just grabbed that figure. Let's say that 20% of the monies that we give away um, are given away poorly. What I'd like to do is just lower that to about 12%. Guys, if we're going to do global missions well, somebody has to do what I did. It may not be me. You may not want it to be me. That'll be fine with me. I'm not particularly... I, I enjoy it more than Susie, but I can hear, I'm here to tell you, my wife doesn't ever want to go back. Ever. Um, now, I, I can't say that, but I, I'm just saying, if we're going to do it, and you want to do it well, somebody's going to have to go over there. And somebody's going to have to ask the questions and see the this and the da 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 They're going to have to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, or we can, we can waste 47% of our money. That's the first thing. The second thing that I want to do is to try and raise the discernment level of the elders, Global Missions Committee, Grace Venture Committee, and you. I want to read you something real quick, and, and I'll make my point and I'll be finished. I want to read you a sentence. Yesterday, this is, this is a missionary letter. This is a letter written by a missionary. Okay? He says, Yesterday, I traveled through the Czech town where Oskar Schindler of Schindler's List shielded the Jews during the Nazi occupation. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when I tell you that this missionary says, I drove through the city where Oskar Schindler of Schindler's List shielded the Jews during the Nazi occupation. What does that do to you? Viscerally, what does it do to you? I don't know. I'm sure it's different for every person. But doesn't it kind of strike you? <whistles> Ladies and gentlemen, Brent and I drove from Brno to Roditz Kralova, and we went through that same city. We had a Czech driver driving the car. On the way back, I said, uh, Joseph... Could you show us the city where Oscar Schindler was born and where he hit and shielded all the Jews and all that? He said, 
I don't know which one it is. Here's my point. In reality, for what's happening in the Czech Republic, that means nothing. I mean, the, the fact that Oscar Schindler's from the, doesn't mean anything to, to the ministry that's being carried on. But when you write a letter to people who are potential donors, that makes a great line. It makes a great line. It's, it, it, and I'm not saying this, this person is evil. I'm just saying that we are not prepared. I, I sat in a, in a place and Ronnie Stevens took me aside and he said, Jimmy, those people are fundraising experts. You're no, you're, 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 not, you're not man enough. You're no match for them. Now, and I, again, I'm not saying that they're evil in the race. They have to raise money, ladies and gentlemen. But listen to me. If we as a church, if we as a global missions committee, if we as a Grace Venture committee make a choice to spend money here, we have also made the choice not to spend it here. So if you choose to spend it here, you can't spend it here. You've got limited resources. I'm just saying, I want to make sure we make those choices. That we've chosen the best. That we're behind difference makers. We're behind people who are, who are doing the work that you, and, that you can be proud to support. Guys, nine of your number uh, were in... Kiev, Ukraine. Go ask them. One of them's here. She's right there. Go ask her what she saw. Because when you write your check, I want there to be a, a deep down confidence that the decisions that are being made are good ones. And that we're not just wasting our time and wasting our commitments. If that is going to be done well, somebody's got to do this. There you have it. Um, let's quit. Our Father, I do thank you for the privilege that has been ours to see what we've seen and experience what we've experienced. And I pray that it'll, I pray that it'll make me better. I pray that it'll make me better in doing the, the job that I so love to do. And I pray that it'll make us better. And that uh, you'll be pleased with the the seriousness with which we approach uh, reaching the world for Jesus Christ and accomplishing the Great Commission. I, I, it, it just couldn't be that that shouldn't be taken so seriously by us. It's got to be taken seriously. And Father, um, the, the work is large. The, uh, the challenges are great. The resources are limited. The opportunities are limitless. And I pray, Father, that as a church, as a congregation, as a leadership, that you'll help us to do it in a way that will give uh, you great pleasure. Thank you again for the privilege, and thank you for keeping us safe. We um, pray, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Good night.